0: chapter two part three of a common story by ivan Goncharov, translated by constance garnett eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine pyotr ivanitch rose a little from the sofa took his cigar out of his mouth and pricked up his ears to give effect to the aspirations went on Alexander, which surged don't you write verses asked piotr ivanitch suddenly yes and prose too uncle shall i fetch them no no some uh, future time i only asked and why because you talk so badly no perhaps very well only strangely our professor of aesthetics talked like that and he was considered the most eloquent of the professors said Alexander in confusion and what did he talk about in that way about his subject Ah how am i to talk then uncle rather more simply like every one else and not like a lecturer in aesthetics however it is impossible for you to change all of a sudden later on you will see for yourself you mean to say it appears so far as i can recall your university jargon and translate your words that you came here to make a career and a fortune isn't it so yes uncle a career and fortune added piotr ivanitch what is a career without a fortune the idea is very fine only it was a mistake for you to come why so i hardly think you say that from your own experience said Alexander, looking around him that's neatly said certainly i am well off and my business is pretty fair but i only consider you and i uh, there's a great difference i never ventured to compare myself with you that's not the point you are perhaps ten times as wise and good as i but your nature i fancy is not capable of adapting itself to a new standard and your standard at home oh oh you have been petted and spoiled by your mother how are you to put up with what i put up with you are bound to be a dreamer and a dreamer is nowhere at all here people like us come here to work perhaps i am fit for work of some sort if you will give me the benefit of your advice and experience advise you i am afraid to do it i could not answer for your countryman's nature things would go wrong and you would reproach me but as for telling you my opinions well i will not refuse you may listen or not as you please but no i don't expect success you have your own way of looking at life in the country how are you to work it in you country people are mad over love and friendship and the delights of life and happiness you imagine that life consists only of this oh and oh you weep and sob and make love and do no work how am i to break you of all that it's a difficult task i will try uncle to adapt myself to the ideas of the time already today while gazing at the immense edifices and the ships that bring us gifts from far-away lands i thought of the achievements of humanity in this age i grasped the significance of this multitude moving in brain-directed activity and was ready to flow with it piotr ivanitch during this monologue contracted his brows expressively and looked steadily at his nephew the latter stopped the fact is simple enough i fancy said his uncle but these country people goodness knows what ideas they take into their heads brain-directed activity indeed certainly you had done better to remain in the country you would have had a splendid life there you would have been the cleverest of all of them and have been looked on as a poet and an eloquent talker you would have believed in eternal and unchanging love and friendship in the family and in happiness you would have married and have reached old age without noticing it and you would have been in reality happy after your own fashion but you will not be happy after our fashion here all these ideas must be turned upside down how uncle are love and friendship these sacred and lofty emotions not the same here as at home we have love and friendship here of course they are cheap enough to be plentiful everywhere only it is not the same as those in your home in time you will see for yourself but before everything you must forget these sacred and heavenly emotions and look at facts more simply as they are indeed it would be better then you will talk more simply too however it is not my business you have come here and will not go back if you don't find what you looked for you have only yourself to blame i will advise you what is good in my opinion and what is bad and then do as you please we will try perhaps something may be made of you ah your mother asked me to provide you with money you understand what i say to you don't come to me for money that always destroys a good understanding between honourable people however don't imagine that i have declined to help you no if it should come to there being no other resource then there is no help for it come to me anyway it is better to borrow from an uncle than from a stranger especially as you would get it without interest but you ought not to let yourself be driven to this extremity i will quickly find you a place so that you can earn some money well good-bye for the present come in again in the morning we will talk of what and how to begin Alexander fedovitch was going to his room oh don't you want some supper piotr ivanitch called after him yes uncle i should perhaps i have nothing to offer you Alexander was silent why this useless proposal then he thought i don't have my meals prepared at home and the shops are closed by now continued his uncle here is a lesson for you at the very first turn accustom yourself to it at home you go to bed and get up with the sun eat and drink when nature bid you if it is cold you put on a cap with lappets and no one wants to know anything about it when it is light it is day when it is dark it is night at your home all are asleep but i am still sitting at work at the end of the month one has to balance one's accounts you breathe the fresh air there all the year round but here even that enjoyment costs money and the same with everything it's a complete antipodes here they do not even eat supper especially at their own cost or at mine either this perhaps will be an advantage to you you will not toss and groan at night and i haven't the time to turn you over that one can easily get accustomed to uncle Oh, good if it is so but with you everything is still in the old style you can still i suppose arrive at a friend's at midnight and they will begin to get supper ready for you directly why uncle i should think you could not find fault with that in us the kind-heartedness of russians stop what sort of kind-heartedness is there in it you are so bored that you are glad of any creature who turns up you are welcome eat as much as you like only employ our idleness in some way help us to kill time and let us look at you anyway it is something new and we don't grudge you your entertainment it costs us nothing here poor sort of kindness so Alexander went to bed and tried to conjecture what sort of a man his uncle was he remembered the whole conversation much of it he did not understand and the rest he did not altogether believe i don't talk properly he thought love and friendship are not undying surely my uncle must be laughing at me can this be the way they live here what was it sophia liked so especially in me but the gift of eloquence but is her love really not undying and is it possible they really don't have supper here he lay tossing uneasily in his bed for a long time with his head full of disquieting thoughts and his stomach empty he could not get to sleep piotr ivanitch became every day more contented with his nephew he does not intrude he said to one of his partners at the factory never comes to see me without an invitation and when he notices that he is de tropes, he goes away directly and he does not ask for money he is a well-behaved boy he has his peculiarities sidles up to kiss you and talks in a high-flown style well he will get out of that and what a good thing it is he does not come to me for everything Alexander considered it his duty to love his uncle but he could never get used to his character and ways of thinking my uncle seems a good-hearted man he wrote one morning to pospilov very intelligent only he is utterly prosaic forever absorbed in business and calculations His soul seems chained to earth and is never lifted up into the pure ether far remote from earthly sordidness and we shall never i fancy be altogether one in heart when i came here i imagined that as my uncle he would give me a place in his heart that in the midst of the cold world here he would cherish me with all the warmth of affection and friendship and friendship you know is a second providence but he is nothing else than this world individualized i expected to spend my time with him never to be away from him for a minute but what was my welcome cold advice which he calls common sense but i would rather it were not common sense but full of warm heartfelt interest he is not exactly proud but he is averse to all sincere outbursts of feeling we do not dine nor sup together and go out nowhere together on my arrival he never told me how he was or what he was doing and he never tells me even where he is going and why who are his acquaintances what are his likes and dislikes and how he spends his time he is never specially angry nor affectionate nor sad nor cheerful his heart is a stranger to all transport of love and friendship all yearnings after the sublime he does not believe in love etc says that there is no such thing as happiness that nobody has guaranteed it to us and that life is a simple matter which is divided equally into good and bad into pleasure success health and ease and then into pain failure anxiety disease and so on that we ought to look at all this simply and not to fill our heads with useless matters and what do you suppose are useless matters why the problems of why we were created and to what we are striving that that is not our business and that it hinders us from seeing what is before our noses and from minding our business he is always talking about business one sees no difference in him whether he is absorbed in some enjoyment or in prosaic business at his accounts and at the theatre he is exactly the same he receives no powerful impression from anything and i think does not care for art it is foreign to his nature i fancy he has not even read pushkin piotr ivanitch unexpectedly appeared in his nephew's apartment and came upon him writing a letter i came to see how you were settled in here said his uncle and to talk a little of business Alexander jumped up and quickly covered something with his hand hide it hide your secret said piotr ivanitch i will turn my back well have you put it away but what is it has fallen out what is this that uncle oh oh nothing Alexander was beginning but he grew confused and stopped speaking a lock of hair it looks like is it really nothing Come, I have seen one. So show me the other thing you are hiding in your hand, Alexander. Like a schoolboy caught, unwillingly opened his hand and showed a ring. What is this? Where did you get it? Asked Pyotr Ivanitch. These, uncle, are the material tokens of immaterial relations. What? What? Pass me these tokens. They are the pledges. I suppose you brought them from the country, from Sofia, uncle, a keepsake at parting so that is what it is and you brought this fifteen hundred miles with you the uncle shook his head you would have done better to bring a bag of dried raspberries that at least you could have sold at a shop but these pledges he looked first at the lock of hair then at the ring he sniffed at the hair contemptuously but the ring he weighed in his hand then he took a sheet of paper from the table wrapped both the tokens up in it screwed it all into a compact pellet and threw it out of the window uncle screamed Alexander furiously seizing his hand but too late the pellet flew into the corner of the opposite wall fell towards the canal on the edge of a barge of bricks jumped off and leaped into the water Alexander gazed in silence with an expression of bitter reproach at his uncle uncle he repeated what is it how am i to describe your action as a throwing out of the window into the canal of some immaterial tokens and various odds and ends of rubbish which there was no need to keep in the room rubbish that rubbish why what do you regard it as a piece of your heart i came to him about business and what do i find him busy over he is sitting thinking about some stuff and nonsense does that interfere with business uncle very much so time is slipping away and you have not so far talked to me of your plans whether you do want a government clerkship or have you adopted some other occupation you haven't said a word to me and this is all because you have sophia and her keepsake in your head there i do believe you are just writing a letter to her aren't you now yes i was just beginning but have you written to your mother not yet i meant to to-morrow why to-morrow to your mother to-morrow but to sophia whom you must forget within a month today sophia can i ever forget her you will have to if i had not thrown away your keepsakes what would you have gained pray you would have remembered her a month longer for nothing i did you a double service in a few years these keepsakes would have reminded you of a folly at which you would blush blush at such a pure such a sacred remembrance that shows you do not recognize the poetry what poetry is there and what is foolish is there poetry for instance in your aunt's letter yellow flowers a lake some mystery or other when i was reading it it made me feel sick beyond description i was almost blushing and yet i am not easily in the habit of blushing that's awful awful uncle it must be that you have never loved i could never bear keepsakes it is a sort of wooden life said Alexander with great feeling it is vegetating not living love sacred passion i know the sacred love you talk about at your age you need only see a curl a slipper a garter or touch a hand through your whole body you feel a thrill of sacred sublime love but let it have its way and it's a different matter love is before you more's the pity you can't run away from it that's certain but serious business will run away from you if you don't devote yourself to it but is not love a serious business no it is an agreeable distraction only you must not give yourself up to it too much or some harm will come of it that's why i am afraid for you his uncle shook his head i have almost found you a position you really do want to get into an office he said Alexander rushed up and kissed his uncle on the cheek Ah, he has succeeded at last said his uncle rubbing his cheek why wasn't i on the lookout for it well now listen tell me what do you know what do you feel yourself fit for i know theology civil criminal and international law and jurisprudence diplomacy political economy philosophy aesthetics and archaeology stop stop but you do know how to write russian correctly at the present moment that is more necessary than all what a question uncle do i know how to write russian said Alexander, running to his bureau and beginning to take from it various papers but his uncle meantime picked up a letter from the table and began to read it End of chapter 2, part 3, recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.